Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for a post-game podcast alongside a man who, uh, I mention this all the time, he's an absolute regular on this podcast at this point, at least two shows a week, but he also hosts the Bucks Radio Network. He also hosts Courtside Live on Home Games, the Bucks relaunched pre-game show. And the one show that I don't even mention is that he also does a post-game show on ESPN Milwaukee. Uh, and then to rub salt into the wound, I text him sometime during the fourth quarter and ask him if he wants to come on here as if he hasn't spoken enough about the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. But of course, it's Justin Garcia. How you doing, man? And I apologize uh, that I'm dragging you back on here again. No, uh, it's great. I just get to hang out in this building. I feel like I've been in Eisner <laughs> Forum since like the week before Christmas with the uh, how long we're here for the courtside show and everything else and now doing all the road games from here. So you get to see some interesting things. I got to see him laying down the Fear the Deer court, so that'll make its mm. debut on Friday. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll just stay here until Friday. Well, speaking of things, uh, I mean, you're hanging around Fiserv Forum probably a little bit too much. I think the Detroit Pistons have been hanging around the Milwaukee Bucks a little bit too much as well. I am absolutely thrilled that we don't have to watch that basketball team play again uh, for at least a while here. There will be one more matchup, but they are absolutely awful. I, I put the stats up there. The Bucks have now won 14 straight against the Pistons. That's if you include uh, that that sweep back in 2019 in the first round. The scoring aggregate is plus. 246 in favor of the Bucks. The average winning margin is 17.5. They are just awful. Uh, enough about them. Uh, let's talk about the Bucks. They won this one easy enough in the end. 110 to 101. It always felt like they probably should have been winning by a lot more than that. Giannis picked up a triple-double. It was a little bit difficult for him to get that. He was struggling to pick up that last rebound there. Uh, a little bit controversial. I think he probably should have had at least one more. Uh, just watching the game live, and then they missed a, a late offensive rebound there. But he finished with 22, 10, and 10. Drew Holiday was really good in this one. Eight for 13 from the field, three for five from three. He had 21 points, six rebounds, and five assists. But uh, I, I don't know what, if any, major takeaways you had away from this. But I thought one of the most notable things at, came out of the post game was in regards to the Bucks' uh, minutes. And I think that it did raise some eyebrows, the fact that Giannis and Chris and Drew were in this game for as long as they were. And it's kind of funny when you look at the box score because Chris Milton actually still only played 31 despite the fact he was in there for an extended period in the fourth quarter. Giannis was only at 33. Drew Holiday ended up playing uh, up at 36. But I did ask Bud game about this because I know some fans were getting a little bit anxious you know, having those starters out there in a blowout, it always makes you a little bit nervous. But we have heard from Bud earlier this season. We've heard from Giannis saying that he wants to play more. And Bud said, we're trying to increase the conditioning of our group to be able to play faster, longer, 
execute defensively longer. We want them to be conditioned to play. And so far, we are pushing that envelope. I think overall, this is the latest in a, in a string of adjustments that they've made or things that they've learned from previous seasons. Uh, what's your take on this? No, I agree in that, um, you know, we want the starters to play more. And uh, that was the expectation coming into the season. But it's not a magic wand that, you know, you, you can't just say, all right, Giannis is going to play, you know, 33 minutes in the regular season. And once we get to the playoffs, then it's going to be 39 or 40 that you got to ramp them up to that. And so uh, Bud is doing that, which I am very pleased with. Uh, and the other takeaway from that is I guess I don't, and, and you and I kind of touch on this. I don't have as much of an issue with the bench usage and the rotation as of yet, where it, it feels like, we're still a ways away from figuring out what the true rotation is that he's still continually tinkering. The has played four minutes tonight, that it was basically just a nine man rotation that you played and it was a blowout for the most part. So you can't really point to it being a blowout and say, well, yeah, that changed things. So overall, the way that he's playing the starters, I am more than fine with, especially the main three guys in drew holiday and Middleton and Giannis. The thing that continues to, I, I guess, surprise me, but, and hindsight, it probably shouldn't because of his offensive prowess is, you know, on a nightly basis now, Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez are basically playing equal amount of minutes. And you can almost view it as one is out there for the defense and one is out there for the offense. Yeah, 29 minutes tonight for Brooke is actually on the high end of the scale for what we've seen from him, uh, not only early this season, but in previous years as well. I think the the challenging thing for not only the Bucks, but probably a lot of the good teams around the league right now is just the amount of blowouts that we're seeing. And, and this was kind of the premise of my question because I'm wondering if you want to get the minutes up for these players, then you're probably going to have to play them in situations where you perhaps would not like to. And I think it's a combination of the shortened off-season and, and also limited practice time that they've had at times through the last couple of weeks. They've actually had a pretty busy schedule time here. So as Bud pointed to, the five-on-five play is actually extremely valuable to get those that get that time out on the floor as these guys still are continuing to get to know each other. I think that it's, it's risk versus reward in this situation because I know that there's still going to be fans that are going to sit back and be a little bit anxious about the fact that they're playing with three minutes to go and they're up by 18 points. But... As we've seen in previous years, and as Giannis has admitted himself, this isn't something where, yeah, you just rest the guys throughout the regular season, then you flick the switch, and then Giannis can all of a sudden play at the same intensity for 10 extra minutes per night. He hasn't been able to do that in the past. He's admitted that. So you kind of have to take that risk. And of course, if it blows up in your face, then people are going to blame you for doing that. But if you went down the same path and, and had the same minute loads as they've used in previous years, then people are also going to be angry. So it's just that balancing act of trying to figure out what's right. Uh, again, we've seen so far early this season, it's been difficult with all those blowouts I mentioned. You kind of have to put these guys out there if you want to build up that conditioning. Well, that's the thing too. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, because absolutely. Of, because of the blowouts. That This was the first time all season that they didn't win by 10 or more points. So um, I, I really do think that this would have been what we saw for the first two weeks to the season, had it not been for, you know, a 39 and a a 49 and a 37 point win that they had and and all these blowouts that started to pile up here. And even Monday against the magic to win that one 
by 22. Now, I know Giannis ran into the foul trouble, but again, despite that lead, you still saw starters in there through at least the midpoint in the fourth quarter. So I really do think this is what we would have seen throughout the season, that the guys are going to play more minutes, the starters, and especially those main three guys. But it was just the first, what, six to seven games really kind of threw a wrench into the plans for Bud. And, you know, maybe he said, okay, that's fine just to, to get the first two weeks under our belts and not overwork anybody. But now going forward, we're just going to have to continue to play guys in blowouts because we need to get their minute totals up. All right. I want to talk about Drew Holiday a little bit more because I thought, as I mentioned right off the top, he was really impressive tonight, particularly with his half-court offense, uh, despite the fact that it was against Detroit. But before I do that, I want to talk about headspace because even in the new year, it's hard to start a new routine. But if you're one of the 34% of Americans who made a resolution to be less stressed, Headspace is here to help. I don't have the Australian stats. I don't know what's going on here. But Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Uh, It can also help with sleep as well. And also for parents, uh, it has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Uh, So Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads, similar stats to Lockdown Bucks. There's no doubt about that because you deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. Uh, and that's a pretty good segue into talking about rockauto.com because if you're having any car problems, rockauto.com is obviously the place you need to go to, but you might need to use Headspace uh, because you're probably going to be a little bit frustrated. But rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Uh, best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Twenty twenty is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you are betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Drew Holiday, Justin, I, I mentioned his stats right off the top with twenty one points, eight for thirteen from the field. Obviously, very efficient. And uh, if you take away uh, the three three-pointers he made there, and he was five for eight from two-point range. So he was getting it done uh, on all levels, two for three from the free-throw line as well. Uh, we always talk about this, the Bucks' ability to score in the half-court and how are they going to get buckets. We saw this uh, in uh, multiple games so far against Boston. There was that other game. I can't remember which game that was. Was it the Cleveland game where he hit that bank shot late? But Drew Holiday 
He consistently is proving that he can have the ball in his own hands, break a defender down, get to his spot, whether it is a pull-up three, whether it is in the mid-range or in the post, where he can use his strength and really bully his way into the paint and use either hand, especially the left hand, which is supposedly the offhand, but he uses it incredibly well. I loved Drew Holiday again in this one. Anytime the Pistons even threatened that they were going to bring this you know, down to single digits and make it more annoying than it needed to be, he was the guy that got a big bucket. And I, I just love seeing it from Drew as he continues to find his aggression offensively. Yeah, um, 11 points in the fourth quarter. I think he was like four or five shooting there too that he was the guy that really put it away for the Bucks. And you go back to the Magic game and it was essentially Chris and Brooke that put it away for him. So that that's more of what we talked about with the versatility and just being a better half-court offense and having different looks to throw other than just, well, we need Giannis to score 30 and then hope two other guys have an okay game. So we're starting to see more of those looks. My, I don't even know what my favorite part of watching Drew through these first 12 games is, but I think the the three things that stand out, you touched on all of them. The the way he finishes with his left hand and uh, just how smooth he is with that Euro step, too, to get to the lane. But tonight we saw numerous times his defensive versatility where Drew Holiday ends up on Blake Griffin and uh, on Jeremy Grant. And think back to Monday where we saw Drew Holiday on Aaron <laughs> Gordon single-handedly shutting down the possession. You saw it again against uh, Blake Griffin tonight. And just to show you, where he can defend one through four to be defending Aaron, uh, Aaron Gordon and Blake Griffin and, and Jeremy Grant on consecutive days or games. It, it's just amazing there. And then anytime he gets a guy that's larger than him on the other end of the floor, that's defending him, just how he's able to put the guy on skates and just get to the basket. It just continues to, I continue to be amazed by it. I thought it was interesting post game as well. Uh, that Drew mentioned the fact he was asked, but I can't remember who asked this question, but they just asked him about uh, those moments where you mentioned the 11 points in the fourth quarter. I believe he had a personal 7-0 run as well there. And he was asked about his aggressiveness and looking to score and, and just how he is balancing trying to score, what the expectations are of his teammates, when does he decide to facilitate. And the thing that he straight away said, uh, without any hesitation at all, is that Bud and his teammates are telling him that they want him to be a scorer first. And I really love that. And I love that that's the message that's starting to get through to him because there has been times that we've seen early this season and it's completely understandable that he has just been sort of floating and it's like, well, is he really in the right spots? Does he know where he's supposed to be? Does he know when to attack and when to defer to Chris and when to defer to Giannis? And I think those three in particular have been ironing out those wrinkles so far uh, this season, but for Drew to come out and say that, uh, I think is a really great sign for this team because, again, you can beat the Pistons, but the Pistons suck. When you come up against particularly these three teams that the Bucks have got on the schedule next, Brooklyn, uh, Dallas, then Brooklyn, then the LA Lakers, all on ESPN, by the way, that's three teams that you may face in the postseason. The Nets now, we know, but we're going to talk more about James Harden on tomorrow's show, but they might have James Harden in that game early next week. So this you talk about ramping up the opposition that you're coming up against going from Detroit to Dallas, Brooklyn and LA Lakers is about as big a step as you can take. And they're going to need drew holiday to be more of a scorer. Yeah. And you know, the thing that I keep going back to is we talk quite a bit about uh, so many new pieces that they're working in here and 
we know they're going to get better. And I think oftentimes we point to the defense and say, well, here's the defensive rating that you know, coming into this game, they're somewhere around seventh or eighth. And that probably went up after tonight, but we say, well, they're going to get better. And it's just the familiarity and knowing where guys are going and working in seven new players to your roster. So the defense will go up. And it wasn't until I don't remember if it was pregame today or if it was after the magic game, it was recently on this trip where Bud pointed out, well, yeah, the offense is going to get better too. And just the few people that I've already talked to about that, they all have the same reaction of, well, I mean, how much better can the offense really get? Because look at what they're doing and they're blowing teams out and they're scoring over 120 and they have the top rated offense. But to me, it's stuff like that where Drew is going to be more of a score for this team as the season moves forward. So that's going to make your offense better. But the biggest thing to me is, you not to sidetrack it too much, it's clear that Giannis is still figuring out this offense, that the tweaks that they put in, there's more guys around the rim now in the area that he would occupy. He's attacking from different angles. He's not 100% there yet with this offense. And when Giannis gets there, that offense is going to be even better because the numbers he's putting up now, they're still all-star numbers that he's doing when you figure, I mean, he looks like he's halfway there. That, you know, at times, especially in transition, you see the old Giannis. But other sets that you run, you see, okay, he's still figuring out what's the best way I need to attack this. And, you know, where are my teammates going to be and learning new teammates too. So as he gets better as well, the offense is going to get better, which is a scary thought to think as good as they've been and, and as high scoring as they've been, opponents aside that this offense is going to get better. And we're, we're spending so much time talking about, well, the defense will improve too. Yeah, I think they're going to improve on both ends of the floor. Yeah, the box after this game, updated stats. Uh, offensive rating, 118.1, still number one in the league, still a couple of points ahead of uh, the Denver Nuggets as well. So they're still comfortably the best offense in the league. And that is clearly uh, being spiked, as we know, by their incredible three-point shooting that continues uh, to hold up again tonight, 19 for 43, 44% again. So just another barrage. And honestly, the three-point shooting at times felt like it held them, uh, or held that advantage whenever they needed a bucket, they were able to get their, another three-point shot. Uh, as far as where it's at right now, 41.3%. So it's actually the second best three-point percentage uh, for a team in the league. The Clippers are at 42.4. And the Lakers, which is kind of interesting because it wasn't a strong suit for them last year, uh, they're at 39.6, but uh, there is no team in the league that are making more three points makes per game. The Bucks at 16 and a half. And I want to talk about betonline.ag, which brings me to a good question, Justin. Would you be betting that the Bucks are going to be able to maintain their three-point shooting above 40% through the season? Um, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's fair enough. I, I was just curious because uh, I want to talk a bit more about the three-point shooting uh, after the break here. But betonline.ag uh, is the only place that has you covered and the one place we trust. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, NFL Games of the Week, we've got that this week as the playoffs continue. Uh, and all the current major sports, Australian Open's coming up. You can probably check that out. The NBA continues to roll on, uh, we hope. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If 
If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollander and Duncan podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollander joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollander and Duncan today wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and just to follow up on the point I made uh, prior to the break, Justin, about the Bucks' three-point shooting, and as I said, uh, they are at... Uh, 41.3% so far this season. Bud was asked by, uh, I believe it was Eric Name, about the three-point shooting and what does he attribute it to? Is it the offense that you were just talking about, the fact that it's going to continue to get better? Is it uh, the way that they're running? Is he happy with the open looks? And Bud's first response to that was, well, it starts with having good three-point shooters. And I mean, he makes a good point. The Bucks went out. They got some better shooters this year, and they're knocking them down. Milwaukee has always been able to generate under Mike Budenholzer open three-point looks. And we're now 12 games into the season. It's more than just a mini hot streak we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the most encouraging part is it's, you know, it, it's, it's not, hey, they beat up on the Warriors and they hit 23s and they had two games where they hit 23s and they wiped the floor with these teams that they're – continuing to do this where it's, you know, 19 tonight. And I think that's the second time they've had 19 in a game and finished just shy of 20. So they're continuing to hit the volume. Um, I mean, to shoot over 40%, it's not that I I think the Bucs are going to regress to a bad three-point shooting team. To shoot over 40% is going to be pretty good. So they were, what, 35%, I think, last year. If they can be 37%, I mean, even that is an improvement. When you think about – who their three-point shooters were last year in terms of uh, the volumes and makes, I mean, we forget. Wesley Matthews made the second-most threes on the team last year that it was you know, he, Brooke Lopez, and Kyle Korver were lumped in there. Um, we've talked before about Brennan Forbes basically, and I know Eric has brought this up quite a bit to Giannis, but basically in terms of some of the plays that are called and his time on the floor with Giannis, it feels like Bryn Forbes has l- replaced Kyle Korver from last year. Um, Brooke Lopez looks better than he did last year in terms of shooting the three. Chris Middleton is, is the same guy. So you're getting more of that offense from the Kyle Korver role. Uh, Giannis, frankly, it doesn't matter. I mean, you would expect to get more three-point shooting from Dante DiVincenzo. It's how they round out the rest of it. We know Drew Holiday is going to hit more than Eric Bledsoe. And, you know, the George Hill component is we thought DJ Augustine was going to be in the mix. But the point being – They've done enough to, I think, more than replace the three-point shooting they had a season ago, but it's the percentage that these are better shooters where the ultimate question still remains to be seen in that how much better in the playoffs, but I do legitimately believe this is a better shooting team even in the postseason than it was a season ago, the way they're built, that these shooters are guys you trust more than the, than you did a year ago. And the other big part, the the ripple effect there is – if that's the case, you know, guys like Pat Connaughton, you're not saying we really need Pat Connaughton to hit shots for us, which was basically the case last yeah. year. It's, hey, if Pat Connaughton hits a three or two threes when he comes in, great. But he's not one of our primary shooters. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I mentioned this going back a couple of weeks ago, but I think of your top three bench players last year and compare them to this year. And I think uh, last year, obviously, it was George Hill, uh, Pat Connaughton was probably in there and then maybe it was 
I don't know, Marvin Williams, Ersan, one of those guys. This year, you look Bobby Portis, you're getting consistent offense from DJ Augustine is that backup point guard, that veteran guard that you need uh, that, you know, offensively is yet to really find his rhythm, but also he's playing within himself. He's shooting open threes. That's what he's expected to do when he's put in these uh, lineups there. And then Pat Connaughton, I mean, listen, give this guy credit. I know that he was under fire from the fans over the first couple of games, and there's multiple reasons for that. But he's been consistently playing pretty good basketball here over the last couple of games. And as you mentioned, shooting the ball really well. And then you have Bryn Forbes, who's been on fire as well. As far as the three-point shooting goes, I still think one of the more important players for Milwaukee to maintain his high level of shooting is Brook Lopez. If he can continue to, to really shoot the ball well, I think that that is going to have a huge impact on the Bucks' starting lineup because I know that there's been, again, some concern from Bucks fans. Oh, man, Brook Lopez isn't scoring a lot. Maybe he's regressed. Is he okay? Is he starting to decline? Well, again, I just think it's a result of the other four starters that are in here. I don't necessarily look at the Bucks as much as I did last year and say, man, got to get Brook Lopez those post-ups. You've got to have a different wrinkle to the offense because I just think overall they have more firepower. And so Brook Lopez is the defensive anchor. And if he shoots the three well, fine, you'll take it. That's what you're getting. Maybe you're paying him a bit too much for that. I'm not sure. But he's still such a vital member of this team with everything he brings. Uh, he's shooting 36.1% so far this season, Justin. Where would you say 36.1%? I'm putting you on the spot here. Ranks uh, out of Bucks players, thirty-six point one uh, out of a what fourteen? I would say thirty-six point one is fifth. So, well, I mean, you you the fifth is actually not a bad guess, and maybe I'm cheating here because there's probably some guys that don't technically qualify uh, because Sam Merrill is number one at sixty-six point seven, but Brook Lopez is eleventh. At 36.1%, you've got Sam Merrill, Pat Connaughton shooting 53, Jordan Wara 50, Middleton 47, DiVincenzo 44, DJ Wilson 43, Bryn Forbes 43, Bobby Portis 40, DJ Augustine 39, Drew Holiday 38, and then you've got Brooke Lopez with the only two players behind Giannis and Thanasis. Giannis up to 29%, Thanasis down at 20% there. But we will always remember that one three-point shot that Thanasis hit down in Miami, who, by the way, you mentioned the nine-man rotation. Thanasis tonight, I know there's been a lot of talk about this, only four minutes. Uh, again, uh, you mentioned the nine-man rotation, which is generally what most playoff teams go for anyway. So again, uh, just uh, one of those things that we're going to continue to look at how the Bucks are doing things differently. And uh, I don't think that anyone should be above any criticism. We had a big chat about Bud last week, Justin. But um, to, to this point, it's not all working. But you, one thing you can't say is the Bucks aren't trying things differently to what they have done over the last couple of years. Yeah, and you know the last thing I'd say too about Brooke is he's right at that spot that we said too. Like as long as you get thirty-five ish percent from him, that's all you look for. I mean, he's since he made this shift, he's been a career thirty-six percent three-point shooter, and I think that was the trouble with last year's. You had people say, "Well, I guess it was clear his first year was the outlier year." When it, it, it's going to look more and more like last year was the outlier year, where he was around 30% through the first half of the season. And it wasn't until those last few games that he actually played in in March and then going into the bubble where he looked like his old self. So if you have that carryover, and I mean, maybe part of it is the the sight lines and playing in empty gyms now, but maybe you also kind of need that boost. And 
okay, that gets you in the rhythm and into the zone and, and he can take off from there. But, you know, ever since we returned to play from March, he's been right around the same. Where in the bubble, he was over 40%. And now he was hovering around 40 and 35% now that through the first half of last season, he was exactly 30%, I think. So he's at least in a much better spot. And that's all you need is just be in those mid-30s. All right. So as I mentioned, the Bucks three zip over Detroit. No, they've won the season series. It's unbelievable. It's a big day if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Uh, they are currently second in the East at eight and four. And after a two and three start now, they've actually won uh, six of their last seven. They've certainly been able to handle some pretty average teams uh, in that stretch. So uh, look, the Bucks are on track. And like I said, with this, the run of games they've got coming up with Dallas, LA, and uh, and also Brooklyn there. We've mentioned this before. We spoke about it with Frank the other day. It's important to win these games. So as much as, you know, sometimes we talk about these games and say, okay, there wasn't too much to take away from this. While that's true, it is really, really important you continue to stack up these wins, particularly when you see how some teams like Philadelphia, like Boston, have been impacted by uh, other circumstances that we know are just going to be there. So as far as the Bucks are going, a um, little bit of a scratchy first week, very similar to last year, actually. Uh, and now they've got on a bit of a run here. But I am really excited. Three straight games on ESPN. Uh, maybe that makes some fans a little bit nervous because we know, you know, the national media reaction around the Bucks if they lose national TV games. But I'm up for the challenge because I'm telling you, I am absolutely sick of watching the Detroit Pistons. I want a game where I'm going to be actually excited to watch and engage for more than five minutes without thinking, all right, let's wrap this up. Let's get the win and call it a night. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had any, really. <laughs> that, you know, the, the Heat series, we we pointed to it being that. But, you know, there's questions about Miami, too, and, and what does this team look like this season? And the Boston game was just so weird in the first game for both teams that now you're hitting that stretch, which is perfect, because you still need those litmus tests. And there's so many questions for both of these teams that, you know, you said at the start. The Bucks hope to be in the finals, and if that's the case – there's a good chance it would be against the Lakers. So you, I know it's the regular season, but you can see how do we match up here? How can we defend some of the things that uh, that the Lakers do? And, and you know, there's there's a chance you could be facing all three of those guys for the Nets. That that's another thing of how are the Bucks going to defend a team like this, and what are some of the advantages that they could do defensively against Brooklyn, or in terms of how Brooklyn will defend them. So we'll at least get extended looks at that and at least give you the appetizer for the playoffs. And uh, a few Bucks fans have actually mentioned this on Twitter to me over the last few days, and I think it's a great point. Hopefully, hopefully, Tory Craig might be available. Bud uh, hinted the other day uh, that it might be a, a few more days still, but we've had a couple of days since then. And, of course, if you're going to be coming up against the Lakers and Brooklyn, uh, these teams here, it'll be handy to be able to see him go up against some of those guys, even though that would be a pretty tough ask uh, first game up here. But I think we're all still pretty excited to see Tory uh, Tory Craig uh, get some game time. But Justin, um, I'm surprised they haven't thrown you out of Fiserv yet, but you're going to get home, man. Get get, get out of here. I, I, we can't keep talking about this game. Yeah, I can, uh, I can hear him circling in here that I think they want to get in here and uh, clean the radio booth out. So, you know what? At this point, I'm just going to see how long I can stay here. So I'm going to start. I might... <laughs> Stop somewhere on the way home and just set up a little cabinet and bring clothes here and see how long I can stay here. All right. I like it. It's not a bad plan, particularly uh, with the Bucks coming home here in a couple of days. So you will be able to check out the pregame show, Courtside Live. That'll be 
uh, on the digital platforms from two hours before tips and make sure you check that out. Uh, I mentioned it already, but tomorrow we'll dive into some more broader picture Eastern Conference stuff. Uh, obviously talk about the James Harden trade a little bit here because clearly that does have implications for the Bucks. Uh, depending on what side of the fence you sit on. I think some Bucks fans are concerned. Others are brushing this off uh, as far as how the chemistry is all going to work with Brooklyn. But nonetheless, it's very, very fascinating. So we will talk about that. Bucks 8-4, and four, as I mentioned. Uh, for Justin, for myself, we'll leave it there. Speak to you guys tomorrow.